Welcome to the Engineering Career Conversations. I'm Krista Downey, Director of the Engineering Career Center at Cornell University. And I'm Tracy Nathans-Kelly, Director of the Engineering Communications Program. We are excited to bring you this forum where we will host lively conversations that we hope will inspire you. Today we're here with Alice, who graduated from Cornell with her undergraduate degree in biomedical engineering as well as her MEng in mechanical engineering. Alice, welcome. Hi, Krista. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Alice, can you please start by telling us a bit about your career path and how you transitioned from engineering to regulation? Yeah, um, I guess to start out from the very beginning, um, I've always wanted to do something in the healthcare industry. Um, in high school, I wanted to be a doctor because that's kind of the only thing that you think of when you think healthcare. Um, as someone uh, at a very young age, not knowing much about the world, um, and it wasn't until the tail end of high school that I learned about biomedical engineering. Um, I learned that they're kind of like the brains behind the cool technologies that doctors use, um, and I wanted to be the be the person to like make all of those cool technologies. Um, so I was really fortunate that the timing actually worked out really well the summer before my freshman year. Um, biomedical engineering was officially announced um, to be offered at Cornell that summer. Um, so I was super excited. Um, and then I decided to do an MEng in mechanical engineering, uh, mostly because I wanted to gain more specialized experience in R&D. And I felt that doing an MEng in mechanical engineering would help me get there. Um, so it's kind of like the background um, where everything started to change was that at some point during my MEng, I realized that engineering doesn't suit my personality and my career ambitions very well. Um, at first, I was really worried because why did I just spend five years at Cornell, like wasting my parents' hard-earned money on something that I didn't even want to pursue anymore? Um, but I felt bad and I tried to make it work at first. And then I realized um, it's not worth it if I'm not fulfilled. Um, I learned that it's okay and I'm allowed to try something new. Uh, so I did various internships, co-ops, at medical device companies because Pursuing something in healthcare was still something I was passionate about. That part didn't change. Uh, I did internships in clinical research, quality, product management, um, everything that you can think of. And at the end of it, I was really worried that my resume didn't tell a story like everyone else's. I had such fragmented experiences, none of it really related to one another. Um, but then I thought, I really tried so many different things just to find something I'm really passionate about, and that does actually tell a story. Um, my first big girl job out of college is at Abbott, and it was in the medical device division, uh, something that I was passionate and working on, um, and it was in regulatory operations. So again, again I decided to try something new. Um, operations was really interesting to me because I realized I love creating processes for companies. And regulatory was also really interesting to me because regulations are so nuanced and complicated, especially international regulations and even regulations within the US. Um, this is where I realized I love solving challenging problems and digesting complicated requirements. Creating processes that are efficient and integrate well was something that 
but I also realized I like doing. However, something that always bothered me at Abbott is how difficult it was to make improvements and changes. I'm not someone with a personality that can sit still if something is broken, if a process is not as efficient as it can be, um, or if the system just doesn't work. Uh, I want to improve it, but it's really difficult when those processes have been around for decades. And at a company as large and established as Abbott, making changes can be really difficult and feeling impactful is even harder. Um, so after two years at Abbott, I decided to try working at a startup. So it's kind of how I got to where I am <laughs> and kind of a history of my career path. It's a really interesting story. Um, I love that, Alice, that the, the complications of finding your fulfillment along the way, right, uh, yeah. can be very and hard ones sometimes and fragmented, like you said. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, um, when especially when you're in college, you kind of think like what you major in is supposed to be what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Um, so it yeah. can be really scary kind of stepping outside of that. I. I, I say so often to my engineering students that engineering is a systems way of thinking. And I think that you mm -hmm. kind of brought that out just now with that description of seeing the larger system and how to fix problems within it and so forth. So yeah. you left us off with your leaving Abbott and you made a jump into a new role. So how did you find your way into that new place? I had heard of Forward before and sorry to back up. I do now work at a startup called Forward. Um, it's a health tech startup. Um, and I can get a little bit more into what exactly we do later. But um, exactly how I got here is I'd heard of it before. Um, I keep this note on my phone that has all my dream companies on it that I hope to work at one day. And Forward was actually on that list because I'd heard of their incredible mission to save the U.S. healthcare system. I thought it was such a ambitious and lofty goal, but I think that's what really intrigued me. Um, so when I saw a job open up um, on LinkedIn at Ford for compliance operations, I thought this is my dream job and I'm passionate about the mission. I felt qualified. I had some experience under my belt. I felt confident. So I applied. Um, I think the interview process is a really good indicator of what it would be like to work at the company. So for me personally, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the interview process at Ford. I went into it thinking I would be stressed and anxious, but to be honest, I look forward to every interaction with the people who work there. And for some people, the process is like a hit or miss, but I think that that's how you know if the process is actually working. If you didn't enjoy the interview process, you probably wouldn't enjoy working at the company and that's okay. That's the natural way of things working out. Um, I remember in one of the final rounds, I had to make this presentation on some case study questions. So um, I had that interview right after a vacation I'd planned, but I got so sucked into the project that I missed out on my entire vacation. I was literally sitting in the hotel room all day long, um, all night working on it. I didn't have to, I could have just, you know, worked on it for like six hours, four hours. Um, but these were actually really interesting projects and problems that I was tasked to solve. And I was actually having a lot of fun um, and I didn't remember the last time I had fun working. So um, I think that was a really good indicator that I would really enjoy working at this company. 
Ah, I love that concept of, you know, just having so much fun working. I mean, not to encourage everybody to go on their vacations, of course, but and yeah, just oh, to think that you had that much fun to think, you know, that that is a great indication that you would enjoy the work. I love it. Uh, it's very inspiring. And so speaking of inspiring, I'm curious to hear more about how your work contributes to a healthier, more equitable, more sustainable world. So first and foremost, um, Ford's mission is to build the world's best healthcare for billions for free. Full stop. Um, the best is to address quality of care. The billions implies the scale. The free helps us address access. Um, and to be honest, this is a really ambitious goal. Um, you're probably sitting there thinking, how the heck are we supposed to ever get to this place? And that is true. It's going to take us a long time to get to this point. But this is what every single person who works at Ford is here to do. All of our decisions are for that single goal. Um, so where are we now? Our current model is we're a subscription-based model. It's $149 a month. And for that subscription, it gets you unlimited access to in-person and telemedicine healthcare. We focus primarily on primary and preventative care. Our key tenant is that we don't take insurance. We think that the current insurance-based healthcare system has created the wrong incentives. Um, preventative care equals behavior change. So it's really difficult to do that in 15 minutes with a healthcare provider once a year um, during your annual checkup. When you visit the doctor now, it's probably more reactive, which means that you don't go until something is already wrong. And the current system has no incentive to help you be healthy. If anything, they want you to be less healthy because that's how money is made. And kind of a fun fact here, healthcare spending in the U.S. was almost 20% of GDP in 2021. So that kind of shows you how much we rely on healthcare spending um, in our economy. So as a Ford member, your primary care is a flat fee. You get the partnership and the support that you need, no matter, it doesn't matter if it's one conversation in an entire year or if it's every single day, you start to build the relationships and get the care that you need. Um, another aspect that I think is really different from your traditional, your traditional doctor's office is how we leverage technology. So think about service businesses. People get more expensive and not less. So the cost of living adjustments raises. Clinician shortages, they're expensive as you hire more people. And then if you think about technology, it gets less expensive over time. It's scalable to billions. Um, as a good example, the iPhone. Um, and I'm by not I'm by all means not claiming technology is perfect. Technology makes a lot of mistakes. Um, but it's easy to find those mistakes and fix them in technology. And it's kind of the opposite in people. It's really hard to monitor quality in people. And I don't believe in my lifetime that everything will be fully automated. But wouldn't it make more sense to save clinicians for making the discoveries and not doing the small things that machines can automate? I think you have some really interesting points here. And I love the uh, approach that this is a, well, it's one of those disruptors. Yeah. Right. And so do you feel that energy when you're at work? Like we're working on disruption of the system. I was so taken by the 20% of the GDP in the United States. Yeah. As being healthcare related. So all of a sudden, um, healthcare 
preserving the status quo makes a lot more sense to me, right? So Yeah, yeah. You feel the mission like every day that you work here. So we're 100% in the office and it does help with like creating that culture and collaborating. Um, so I do feel that every day at work. Um, so for example, you feel the culture around you, like we're a role agnostic company. So what that means is there's no hierarchy. Um, there's no like managers, directors, um, C-suite, everyone's on the same level. Um, and we feel comfortable talking to everyone as a peer rather than thinking like, oh, this person's above me or like this person wouldn't listen to my ideas because, you know, they've had more experience. Um, we're all on the same level here and essentially trying to solve the same problem. So it shouldn't matter um, what is your rank or level. Um, we know and collaborate with everyone at the company um, at because at the end of the day, like, again, we're all here for the same reason. And that kind of like resonates every day with you here, every second. Um, every person that I talk to here is passionate about the same cause. Like, it's really incredible. Like I've never been in a place where every single person you talk to is so passionate about the cause. Like, I feel like usually um, when you're working at a company, like everyone's there because, you know, they get paid <laughs> to be there. And this is just like their day job and they go home and they have a life. Um, but their job is not like something that they're really passionate about. And I feel like that's like a huge difference here. Um, and it does motivate me to constantly like push myself and do better. Um, something else that I think is really different here is like the way that we make decisions. Um, we're not tied to our ideas. So debate is really friendly here. And that doesn't mean that like we don't debate hard or we that we don't have our differences. It just means that like we remind ourselves that at the end of the day, you're not your ideas. And what that means is, for example, I shouldn't be arguing that my solution is the best solution because I'm, I was the one that came up with it. Someone else may very well have a great point that proves that my suggestion um, doesn't help solve the problem or isn't the best solution. And that should be okay because we don't take things personally here um, because we're all here to just find the best solution. Um, and the, the decisions that we make together should in the end be the best solution to the problem that we're all trying to solve. As somebody who spends a lot of time in the classroom, <laughs> right? As you remember being around here, undergraduate classroom, it seems like such a contrast in approaches because, you know, with tests and with papers and even some presentations or whatever it is you use to uh, cement your learning in your engineering courses, right? It's like, this is my idea, <laughs> right? And I'm bringing yeah. it here to be judged or evaluated or, or to be taken on by the team. And it, so your, your work atmosphere just seems so different than that. Was yeah, that yeah. an interesting adjustment for you? Was it easy or hard or welcome or? It was it was an adjustment. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of something that you just kind of, you, I think there's a right time and place for, you know, pushing your own ideas further. But I think in this case of working at Forward, um, you kind of have to remember like why you're here and kind of the reasoning behind it, right? There very well could be a good reason for um, tying yourself to your solution. For example, when you're in the classroom and you're 
you know, debating to learn and all of that. But here it's like, what are we trying to do? We're trying to build a product that is the best product. And at the end, like if you tie yourself to your solution, you're just going to take it too personally when someone comes with like facts and says like, this is actually a better way to build a product. You want to be receptive to that. Um, Yeah, because at the end, we're trying to just make the best decisions for the company. Yeah. So you have found this fulfilling work for a collaborative, mission-driven organization. What have been your greatest challenges in your work? And how did you overcome those challenges? I think the biggest challenge is like learning how to be a leader here. Um, Something that's really different is like uh, when I was working at Abbott, I was basically being told what to do, right? You don't really get much opportunity to like actually make decisions and improve processes. You can improve processes like incrementally, but in the grand scheme of things, you're basically there because they have a process built already and you're supposed to execute on it. Um, At Ford, I had to kind of learn how to be the leader, not just someone who does what they're told. Um, You learn how to be an expert on topics that you never thought you would be an expert on. Um, And you drive decisions. And that's been the most challenging thing is like that transition between executing and now driving, being the person to drive a decision. Another really challenging thing here is thinking that someone somewhere um, should know how to do something. And (laughs) I think that's just the challenge of working at a startup is you really have to be the one um, doing the dirty work, doing the research, because chances are no one else is going to know. Um, You have to become the expert at something. And that's something really difficult because it's kind of like that uncertainty right? Like at a larger company, you have the certainty of like knowing what you're doing is the right thing. At a startup, it's kind of the opposite where you just have to embrace the uncertainty um, because resources are scarce. There's only a certain amount of people and a certain amount of time and a lot of work to do. So yeah, just embracing the uncertainty here is probably the most significant challenge. I think that takes us really nicely to the next thing that we wanted to ask you. So we're asking you to hop in the time machine and go back to when you're finishing out your sophomore year, right? That's the time that most engineering students affiliate. (laughs) That's why we asked about that point. And so, well, uh, remembering that moment, what do you wish you knew that when you were a sophomore? That's a great question. Um, I was really anxious all throughout college, right? I think at that point in your life, you're just anticipating what your future is going to be like. Um, And I really wish I told myself to just take a breather um, and not stress too much about um, finding a job or, um, you know, um, I really wish I knew that, you know, my career was not linear. Um, You should do what you're passionate about, not what you majored in, but if they're the same, that's great. And if not, that's no big deal because you should do what makes you happy and what makes you want to get up every morning for. Um, you're not meant 
to know exactly what you want to be doing for the rest of your life at the age of 18 or even 22 or even 50. Um, life is about discovery and finding new interests. And if you found what you want to pursue for the rest of your life, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's awesome. Um, but for I think those of you who are lost or unsure, um, I'm here to affirm that that's totally normal. And I actually highly encourage having a career with some flexibility as you might end up really miserable having a job that you don't love just because it fits your major or because you've been in this industry for five or 10 or 20 years already. Um, it's never too late. And I think honestly, I'm really passionate about regulations right now and you know solving those really difficult problems that connects regulatory and healthcare, but I'm not tying myself to that. You know, I think it's totally okay if in 10 years um, I'm not passionate about it anymore and I find a different passion. Um, it's okay to, you know, jump to a new career or find something uh, different to work on. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing where this journey takes you. Um, okay. So are you ready for the speed round? What do you do to relax, have fun, and re-energize? Um, I like going on long walks and runs with my dog. I have a husky, so she is super energetic. Um, and I constantly have to be outside with her. Nice. Um, I like going to the beach um, here in the Bay Area. Lots of nice beaches, lots of sunshine. Um, and I also like to source new music. Crate Mixes actually picked up DJing as a hobby during COVID because there was no live music. So I just decided to start doing it myself. That is so good. I have a lot of music people in my life and they would be there. I'm sure they would all go, yeah, I should have done that too. <laughs> it sounds really great. Yeah, I think it's really nice. I think it's a good idea like breaking up. Um, something super technical that you do during your daily life, right? With something creative and can have like a mix of both. Right, right. It, it's good. You have to have that totally a different way of thinking about balance is that creative outlet. And then um, I'm going to pull you back to work here just a little bit, but what's one place that you really like to go for information in order to stay current where you are now at your job? Yeah, so actually the main source of information I use is we use slack and we have a hashtag random news mm. um, slack channel and where people you know share news articles about healthcare and the the latest tag even things that are not healthcare related <laughs> so i kind of rely on that a lot but um healthcare dive is actually a really good healthcare specific news source if you're interested in learning more and keeping up with uh the current events in healthcare Excellent. And I know you shared a list of books with us as well, and we will be listing them on the page for this, um, for this episode. Excellent. Okay. Uh, one more question. If you were not doing this work right now, what would you be doing? And which of these is closest to what you dreamed of when you were a child? To be honest, I would probably pursue DJing um, because I think that is totally out there and different. And you know, I'm young right now, so, um, and you can always come back to a nine to five job. You know, I think right now in my life, flexibility is really important. Um, and I think to be honest, I still may pursue it someday, who knows? Um, right now I'm really focused on the mission here at Forward and I really enjoy solving these complicated problems. So DJing is just a hobby. Um, 
but actually, believe it or not, I put in my fifth grade yearbook that I wanted to be a mathematician someday. Um, so I guess that's closer to what I'm doing now than DJing, but it just shows like life really is not linear. It's not. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm more impressed with your DJing uh, skill set or the fact that in fifth grade you wanted to be a mathematician. Excellent. Alice, it's so fun chatting with you again. Um, It's great to see you again. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I encourage everyone, if you want to chat more about career paths, like I'm very open um, to chatting with anyone in the College of Engineering, or if you're not, um, you feel free to add me on LinkedIn. Excellent. Um, Find my name. Thank you for just so generously sharing where you are and where you came from and what that arc was for you. Thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for having me. Join us for the next episode where we will be celebrating excellence and innovation among engineers whose impact contributes to a healthier, more equitable, and more sustainable world. 